Hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm still depressed. How are you? About finger the guns. <laughs> <laughs> finger guns. No one can see it, but I'm finger gunning my way through life right now. <laughs> Honestly, it's all we can do at this point. But hope everybody else is doing well. Hope everybody else is finger gunning their way through life at the very least. Uh, every single day. Um, but you know what made me super happy? <sighs> Honestly, at this point, I'm I'm intrigued. I'll well, do whatever. Things. Two things. Number one, Mo is at the apartment. If you didn't yes. see on our Instagram, um, Mo is for just a little backstory because I confused some people. Mo is our pod cat, but he is also not technically my cat. He is Elliot's family's cat, and they are on vacation. So he is our fuzzy little roommate, and he is the He's fucking cutest thing in the entire world. And he is sitting next to me. And go to our Instagram. Well, this will be gone by then. But the little highlight Instagram mm -hmm. thing that says uh, the podcast. I will add mm -hmm. everything to that highlight because he's so cute and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. And uh, in conjunction with that, why don't you uh, explain the email that we got this week? Yes. So we got the sweetest email from one of our listeners, Skylar Rose, who is studying to become an art therapist for kids, which I think is just fucking wow. Um, That's also a genius uh, profession. Like I know. I mean, you need to be an angel to do that profession, but it's also like it must but be you need so to be a smart angel. It must be so fulfilling and so like soothing for the kids because I know like me personally making art, it's just like you zen out so hard. So like yeah, kids that have been through some shit, having like getting to have this creative outlet, that must be the best thing in the entire world to see that. Yeah. But no. that's just me gushing. So go on. No, you're not. You're not wrong. None <laughs> of that is wrong. But um, so so we went back and forth a little bit about Skylar because Skylar's currently taking summer classes and yada, yada, yada. And she made the cutest rendition of our podcast in which Mo is in his rightful place as the main host. And we are the guest hosts because I'm sure that's how he thinks it is. So who are we to tell him? Yeah. No. And truly, it's on our Instagram if anybody wants to see it. But and like cross cross posted on uh, Facebook, I believe too. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. I almost said LinkedIn. We do not have one. Do not look for us on LinkedIn. Um, nope. Because you will come up with nothing. But yeah, it's but on wait, all of our you socials. know where we like. This is a complete departure. But you know where we you can find us? Fucking I IMDb. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're on IMDb. I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> we are on IMDb. Skyler's, it's pretty wild. Skylar's doodle is not on IMDb, but that's okay. No. Uh, our podcast is on IMDb for some reason, but uh, Skylar's drawing is on our Facebook and Instagram, and it is my favorite thing. I opened the email when I got to work and literally shrieked because I was so excited. And um, if you need a reason to um send us fan art have that reason be i will scream at work and have everyone be concerned yeah i mean and it's I, I love the they fan won't be art. that concerned it's it's so good like anybody who's michael's sister has done some fan art for us now we've got skylar rose and it's just it's it's all it's so fun and it's such a like Oh, it just brightens one's day, you know? Yeah. So if you're feeling <laughs> if you're feeling stressed and shitty during this never ending quarantine and you wanna draw us or Mo or uh anything that we've talked about or Mo um murdering us or us one murdering of each other. Cats, either of my fat well no technically let's be let's be nice let's be honest only felix is fat marcia is fine she just has like a stretched out stomach marcia a la Octomom. is plump marcia is not plump though her stomach so she snapped a stitch when she got fixed and all of this loose skin came undone so she's got like she's like those before and after tummy tuck videos of the women that have like 18 children at once and live mm. 
So we just, we're not getting her a tummy tuck. There's no need for a tummy tuck. And she is so confident in her body, so do not shame her. Yeah. She is very nervous, so if you want to draw her, that's what you need to know about her. Um, Mo is demonic, and Felix has eyes on either side of his head, similar to a hammerhead shark. So if you're going to draw the three of them, Felix is I as would stupid love as he looks. to see it. Yeah, he's... And- he's He's a simple boy. Yes, and if you were to find Marcia anywhere, you will find her, I shit you not, digging in the tub. Good. Yeah. Like, the amount of times we've woken up in the middle of the night to just... (laughs) (laughs) It's like, god damn it! But I think we've we've gone on a tangent for long enough. What do you think? We have. uh, Skylar's drawing is amazing, and I love it. I want more fan art. And uh, we're still in quarantine. That basically... TLDR, that yep. whole beginning rant. Sums um, it up. What's the podcast about today? So today's podcast is about the legendary comedian Phil Hartman. Many, many people mm. are probably sitting there going, legendary, I have not heard of him. But I promise you, you'll understand in a minute. You do know his stuff. You absolutely do. Okay. But to hop right in. So Phil Hartman was born Philip Edward Hartman, two ends. H-A-R-T-M-A-N-N, but he would later Mm -hmm. drop the second one for, like, acting purposes, not to get too much into it, but basically, like, it's it's why a lot of actors will change their names either, because there's already somebody in SAG who has that name, and you can't have two of the same name, or, like, their name will come up before, like, Phil Hartman with one N will come up before Phil Hartman with two Ns, and things like that. It's just, it's weird. Um, Acting is weird. The whole, the whole industry is fucking weird. If one person comes at me and says that the entire thing is an underground satanic cult pedophile ring, I might block you, but yeah, I mean, moving on. possibly valid. We don't know. Yeah, but the shit I'm reading is becoming more and more devolved each day. I was we'll willing have, to believe we'll have a it up until... Episode. Yes, yes, that, that would be good. That would work. Um, but so he was born on September 24th, 1948 in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. And he was the fourth of eight children of Doris Marguerite Hartman, a homemaker, and Rupert Lobig Hartman, a salesman. And because he was one of eight kids, hashtag Catholic, Hartman found it difficult to earn attention and affection from his parents. And he later said, quote, I suppose I didn't get what I wanted out of family life, so I started seeking love and attention elsewhere, end quote. But he did it the right way. So this resulted in him acting out in school but again the right way you don't find dead little animals in the basement he's not biting off the ears of his fellow not, students he's not murdering he's, scores of women no no um he was just like the class clown and okay. was super silly just a silly little minx so when he was about 10 his family moved to the united states and he spent the majority of his childhood in Connecticut, my home state, and oh, Southern hey. California, my current state. Well, what do you know? You guys are I just know. tracking similar lives. Hopefully it ends there. Um, well, no, hopefully we'll get to SNL and then it ends there. Um, Good. Spoiler alert. So he also attended Westchester High School in Los Angeles, California. Do you happen to remember one of Westchester High's other famous alumni. Someone we talked about? Yes. No. All right. Well, he went to high school with Lynette Squeaky Fromm of the Manson family, oh. who also tried Wait, to assassinate Gerald Ford. Yes. Woo! I know. What a graduating class. Right? Such a spectrum. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, and so I can't say much for Squeaky, but presumably she was not as well liked as Hartman was. Um, his acting out, like I said before, manifested itself in class clown behavior, but he was seen as this very caring, sensitive person. He was very friendly. And it was always like, you know how you have like the class clowns, class clowns, class clowns who are like assholes. And then you have the ones that are just genuinely just goofy and sweet and nice to everybody. Like they don't make fun of anybody at their expense type of thing. That's what he was. Yeah, they're not like also a bully. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
like to the point his friends and family described him as quote very sweet and kind of quiet end quote mm-hmm. so when he went to college phil originally majored in graphic design at california state university or not originally he majored in it he graduated with it with a degree in it and after he graduated he actually opened up his own graphic design company and he has or he is credited with creating over 40 album covers for u.s bands including poco and Mm -hmm. crosby stills nash and young Ooh, i know um so yeah but he didn't even begin acting until 1975 he was wow pushing 30 yes um and basically while he was working as a graphic designer he decided to join the california comedy troupe the groundlings very very famous out here very popular out here mm-hmm. and while he was Lots in the of groundlings, celebrities have started at the groundlings let's name a few while he was in the groundlings <laughs> he worked with paul rubens aka peewee herman from peewee's playhouse and john lovitz who people know from a league of their own snl and a ton of other movies and television shows and Rubens mm-hmm. and Lovitz would actually go on to become Hartman's, like, best friends for the rest of his life. Like, they were just, like, the Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. So, also, Phil actually co-created the character of Pee-wee Herman with Paul Rubens. And Whoa. he... Yes. And he, I believe, helped write the... Yes, he, he helped write... Pee-wee's big adventure because he had such a role in helping out with developing the character Pee-wee Herman. So mm-hmm. he co-wrote the screenplay for Pee-wee's big adventure. And Whoa. he also had a bit role on the TV show Pee-wee's Playhouse as the character Captain Carl. Mm-hmm. So that's how he kind of got his start in like entertainment. Yeah. And then in 1982, Phil married his second wife. He was briefly married between like 1970 to about 1972, but not much is really known about that other than they were married and they might have divorced in 72, might have divorced as early as 1971. Oh, okay. Yes. But so he gets married a second time to real estate agent Lisa Strain and their marriage was also like his first one pretty short lived. It lasted about three years and Strain later told People Magazine that Part of the reason for their breakup was Phil's reclusive off-screen behavior. Again, remember, his friends described him as nice but quiet. Um, And so she said that he would, quote, disappear emotionally. He'd be in his own world. That passivity made you crazy, end quote. Nevertheless, Mm -hmm. they ended things on good terms. So Mm -hmm. in 1986, a newly divorced Hartman met a woman who was a model and an aspiring actress named Bryn Omdahl. And in Hartman's biography, you might remember me. All right, I'm trying very hard not to say Hartman and to say Phil because he's a Hartman, she's a Hartman, his family's a Hartman. Like there's no, there's no non-Hartmans other than John Lovitz and Paul Rubens. And it's just very confusing. So every so often I tried to go back and go through my notes because halfway through I got very confused. in what i was writing so if i say hartman that's why but so in phil's auto or or phil's biography which was written by mike thomas um it's called you might remember me uh thomas explains quote when phil met bryn he may as well have been at his most he may well have been at his most vulnerable state in years his second marriage's ending had shaken him and his performing career wasn't taking off Omdahl was strikingly beautiful, and the affections of a statuesque blonde may have bolstered Hartman's deflated self-image, but their relationship was bumpy from the get-go, end quote. Mm. And boy, was it. Like, whew, bumpier than Razorburn. While she was sober, when they met, Omdahl had a past history of drug abuse and alcohol abuse. Um, Mm. And between, like, not because of that, like, other things played into it like her her personality and her attitude which we'll get into a bit too um his family and his friends like didn't really trust her they they couldn't really they were they were pretty wary of her they just nope they they were like okay so this is happening to the point 
that in 1987, when Hartman confided in his friend and fellow Groundlings performer, Cassandra Peterson, that he was going to propose to Bryn, they had known each other for like a year at this point. Um, Maybe a little soon. Probably soon. Also, you've been married twice already. Maybe don't jump the gun. Let's pump the brakes on this one. I said, maybe don't jump the gun. Spoiler alert. Pun not intended. Anyway. um, So, so Peterson, though, getting back on track. Sorry. She reportedly said, quote, oh, God, no. (laughs) End quote. (laughs) Like there's an with an exclamation point in there. Like she definitely was like, ah, no, that's a bad idea. Do not do that. That's that's a terrible idea. And I mean, we all have that one friend that, like, you're dreading the day that, like, I got engaged, and you're like, oh, God. Yep. <laughs> Is this what it's yep. going to be like forever? Mm-hmm. And then, you, and then yeah. you just have to resign yourself to the fact that, like, their shitty partner is going to be in your life for the rest of your life. It's me. I'm that friend. <laughs> yes, it, it is. Elliot's the <laughs> shitty partner. I didn't want oh, yeah. you to have to find out this way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> in front this of all these people. The everyone hates. <laughs> so so yeah so phil did not take this the way most people would take this from a close personal friend where you would listen to them um instead he asked her to leave his office and they didn't (sighs) speak again for years oh no oh yeah and recalling the incident peterson later said quote it's the first time and i think last time i ever saw him angry end quote because again remember he was a very congenial person he was a very quiet person yeah and like he got pissed like there was yelling like he got mad mm. so yeah he and Brynn got married anyway in 1987 so not only did he ask her to marry him in 1987 they got married in 1987 like Let's we go the fast. Shit yeah. So, shockingly, the marriage had problems. <laughs> <gasps> what? No. I know. I know. But um, as I mentioned, I alluded to before, Bryn had some some personality issues, and one of those was that she was intimidated by her husband's success and frustrated that she couldn't find any of her own. And Wait. yeah, I know. So she had. But the amount of times that you would see this happen, like, poor God, like, look at Lady Gaga and all the men who could not handle her success because they could not find success of their own. Like, I mean, shut the fuck up. It's fine. Um, yeah, exactly. Please. Tiny violin. Just going. So, basically, they were, I don't know if this was because Hartman was Catholic, because being raised Catholic, I can understand this, but for whatever reason, they were, like steadfast they like strongly refused to divorce like they were they were like our marriage is terrible this is bad this is unhealthy but we're not getting a divorce oh Dude, hell you've been no. divorced twice i think god has like a file on you already but i wonder alternatively i wonder if that's it if like oh god's pissed at me because i've been divorced twice what the fuck is going to happen if i get divorced a third time i will get smote no, he wasn't a practicing Catholic <sighs> at the time. I'm making jokes, but and also God will not smite you for getting a divorce. Sorry, um, hate to break. No, it but to if you that's this the way. reason, if that's the reason you are giving yourself for not getting a divorce, like uh, that's dumb. yeah, yeah. And it's and and uh, and to clarify, this was not why they did not want to get a divorce. It was very much like a Sid and Nancy situation. But uh-huh. Phil actually considered like. As opposed, as an alternative to getting a divorce, Phil considered retiring at one point in an attempt to save their marriage. Wow. Because she was that upset about his... She was unhinged. Um, Like, it, it just... I don't know, man. Like, it just... He really thought that that would save their marriage. And, like he didn't end up doing it but that didn't really matter yeah. because it's not the Girl, only thing that was wrong with her why don't you just sit in the back seat and fucking ride this wave this money train until the yes. end of the line like yes what is the problem like i mean fuck behind every great man is a great woman be that great woman like who gives a shit also 
be a trophy wife you don't have to do anything and you're reaping all of the benefits exactly exactly feminism is real ladies but like if you are so concerned that like he's doing so much better than me like he's obviously making all of the money you need to survive why don't you like pursue one of your passions like you don't even have to be successful at it like no pursue something and then drop it fucking halfway through and then try something else like just why 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 well you're gonna ruin well i mean she's unhinged prior to them getting married which is not a great way to start a marriage but like this is the dumbest of dumb reasons yeah and it also wasn't her only issue she also had this might come as a shock but jealousy issues um for example like i mentioned before even though strain and phil had gotten a divorce it ended amicably and they remained friends um Mm -hmm. they and so and that continued as far like when he got when he got married all of it like they remained close friends so naturally when phil and bryn gave birth or Bryn gave birth but you know what i mean they had their first son sean edward in 1988 strain sent the hartmans a congratulations card like you know like just to be nice that's really sweet yeah yeah and instead of a thank you strain received a death threat from Bryn, in which she threatened to quote rip strain's eyes out end quote zero to sixty yeah, and it would be at that point that if I was the ex-wife that had sent, like, a nice card and you got that back, I would then contact Phil and be like, this person is terrifying. <laughs> and I I know you, you know me, you should trust what I have to say when I tell you this person is a dangerous and terrifying person. Yeah, but then look at Cassandra Peterson, what happened with her. Phil mm-hmm. Phil wasn't going to listen. He wouldn't listen to his family. He wouldn't listen to his friends. Like, yeah, he just, he wouldn't. He, he did not want to believe it, I guess. I don't know. But yeah. in 1986, rewinding a little bit after the success of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Phil joined the cast and writing staff of SNL, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. I can't speak, but it's fine. Um, so the Hartmans mm-hmm. moved from L.A. It. to New York. Yes, I think so. I would think so. So they moved from yeah. L.A. to New York. And he later said that he believed what, like, n- sealed the deal for his audition was <laughs> when he was asked if there was anything else he wanted to show them. So he replied that he could do any dialect. Like, you name it. He can do it. It, like and he can do it well he's perfect Bold. with all dialects so dennis miller who was watching the audition called out do french okay hartman replied no i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was wow. very funny i was like this may not translate well over text but, like, to me, the funniest thing ever, like, he went on and on and on about how good he was at accents, any accent, you yeah. name it, I'll do it, and I'll be perfect at it. No, I don't do that one. <laughs> and it's, and like, a like, common one. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, like, a baseline one. Like, if you're going to learn accents, yeah. it's going to be, like, French, Italian, Spanish, uh, Mid-Atlantic, know, that's, the, that's the bane of every actor's existence is the Mid-Atlantic accent. And you just look up Catherine Hepburn, that's the accent. Californian, Some Southern. flavor of English. Yep, New York, New England, they are different. Make no mistake. Like, you could do like a Londoner or Cockney accent or something like that. And whichever one it is, you better the fuck not like merge the two. Because it won't work. People will not be pleased. Um, thankfully not speaking from my own experience, but from other friends of mine who have accidentally done that. But I watched somebody on YouTube that is an actress in the UK and, um, they, they were talking about doing accents for shows, uh, her and her boyfriend, who's also a a performer. And Mm -hmm. they said, if they had to do an American accent, it's literally like either a sudden southern accent or america general 
Like that was yeah. that was the uh, the the wording they used, just a general American accent. I'm like, yeah, but what region is that? Because lots of times I've heard like people do like a Minnesota accent, right? <laughs> I'm like, Which That's is not actually American general. <laughs> but apparently, Minnesotan accents, like that that area of the Midwest, is actually. I want to say a Dutch accent. Like, you know how they say like Southern accents are what English accents were back in the colony days. Apparently that is what like the Dutch accent was, was, Oh, don't you know? And things like that. Um, But, but, but to, to, sorry, I'm I'm apologizing to the, to the listeners, not to you, Haley. Um, You don't get an apology out of me. Not yet. So I went on the tangent. (laughs) <laughs> no i joined you i i i willingly went with you upon that tangent on that tangent not upon i need to stop so what i don't do I don't a know. french accent yeah he doesn't do a french accent but obviously he got the he got the job and he played a variety of characters including known personalities such as barbara bush michael kane bill clinton jack nicholson ronald reagan burt reynolds and frank sinatra and ones that he created quite such a range as, oh i know well wait you want to hear a range ones that he created such as unfrozen caveman lawyer very niche <laughs> very, very funny though if you ever get a chance to look it up on youtube very funny yeah, i don't think so, i've seen that one yeah it's good it's very good and it's one of those things he he just he was very funny very talented but Again, he was hired as a writer and an actor, and he was really, he didn't just write his own shit. Like, he was known to help out anybody. Like I said, like I've said a million times, he was the nicest guy. He would help out anybody at the drop of the hat with anything, um, and he would, like, help out other writers that wanted to get their sketches read and put on the show, like, ones who weren't really, like, a name it's something that happens like now and in recent history at SNL. But if you read any of like the nauseating number of SNL biographies over the years, SNL was like quite cutthroat um, yes. back in the like eighties. Yes. And people would, were kind of really out for themselves. And I mean, there's the whole thing with like the entire cast getting fired at the end of, of one season, except for John yeah. Lovitz, which is, um, yeah, that's that's a famous SNL history bit. Yeah. But um yeah, I think SNL needed like an overhaul at one point because <laughs> because no, like everyone was did. like so mean and no one was working together and it just it, it's not a cohesive show if the cast is not like a family and really is there for each other. Right. And it's funny that you mentioned that because actually Har- Phil Phil ended up getting the nickname The Glue from SNL's producer Lorne Michaels. Because Michael believed, Michaels believed he was so important to the show and, like, keeping everyone together during that time that yeah. he was on it. Um, yeah. And as an example of that, so he helped his friend and co-star, they were very close friends, Jane Hooks, overcome her stage fright while on the show. And he just, like, he did anything he could for anybody. So. What a place he, to have stage fright right oh god um but i can understand it because it's, it's like there are actors who are film actors who won't who can't do a live studio audience show it just freaks them out too much or they can't do theater it just freaks them out too much they can act yeah it's just it's and the I'm, psychological I'm sure part the of it thought of like yeah i'm sure the thought of like having the the thing like yeah you're like when you're performing at snl there is a live audience there obviously Mm -hmm. but the thought of having it like being broadcast live and there are hundreds of thousands of millions of people that are watching it that you can't see i'm sure that has its own like like it spirals in your head they're like oh my god there's so many people watching this right now like if i fuck up it's like it's the biggest fuck up that ever happened right right and and believe me that can be at any time that can come at any time even when you're in a yeah play off broadway and your friend's mother who you've never met turns out to not be a critic and just has resting bitch face and thought you were funny up until you fucked up your monologue not that i would know um but for example or not for example but moving on 
Um, his years at SNL were really big for him, needless to say. Um, he actually won an Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Variety or Music program in 1989. And, like, he got his American citizenship. He had a second child with Bryn named Bergen totally Annika. forgot he was Canadian again. I know, but, like, it makes so much sense when, like, you keep talking about what a nice guy he is. It's just like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's true. <laughs> you yep. didn't get it from the Catholic side, I can tell you that much. But um, he was actually on the show for a record of eight seasons. He set the record. It was later broken by Tim Meadows, who we all know as the principal who did not leave the South Side for this in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he left SNL in 1994, the year I was born, thus signifying an opening for baby Caitlin. Um, I'm but didn't, completely um, kidding, unless Lord Michaels is listening, in which case I'm not. I'm <laughs> deadly serious. <laughs> didn't uh, Keenan Thompson uh, eclipse both of them? He, I think he recently did. Isn't he now the longest running? I, I believe, but I believe it was recent. Hang on um yeah within the last like two or three years i think he's 12 years on now i'm pretty sure i i i i fucked up my search because i was like keenan thompson longest snl (laughs) that's what i get that's (laughs) what i get i mean he was on all that before snl so he's like the most seasoned uh improv performer it's it's one of those things where like people people who grew up with all that and then all that is like the children's version in the u.s of snl it's on nickelodeon or it was it's just been brought back recently um it's just one of those things where like yeah yeah but that's what i'm saying it's just one of those things where like you literally he's he's been just a staple in everybody's life anybody who enjoys comedy knows who keenan thompson is because he was there when you were five and he was there when you were 25 didn't really fucking matter yeah exactly but he did he officially became the longest running snl cast member with 15 seasons under his belt 15 a little under two years ago yeah i know god damn he also has two kids huh and he is making a 2020 movie of clifford the big red dog whoa Oh, I love Keenan Thompson. All right, all right, moving on, moving on. This is like, this is the tangent episode, truly. Keenan tangent. Keenan tangent. Hashtag Keenan tangent. So, he, after spending nearly 10 years of his life in New York working on SNL, yeah. um, Phil and Bryn moved back to California, at which point Bryn began to struggle, and I wrote began to struggle in my notes. I feel like it would be more appropriate to say began to struggle more. Because with all of yeah, those continued feelings to struggle, of, it, continued to struggle, just on yeah. a larger scale. Um, yeah. Phil tried to get Bryn acting roles, but she kind of sabotaged herself and became progressively more reliant on narcotics and alcohol. She relapsed and entered rehab several times. And mm. on multiple occasions, Phil had to remove their kids from their home to stay with friends or family because of Bryn's drug and alcohol-fueled outbursts. She Ooh, just was not, not cool. safe to be around. Yes. Um, the two were known to fight to the point that threats were sometimes made. And mm. Phil's friends and family still did not like her, but they also didn't keep it a secret that they, at this point, found Bryn and her presence to be unsettling and they Mm -hmm. just did not even try to be quiet or hide it anymore like they just they they made it known so because of for example his close relationship with hooks back when they were on snl brin used to joke on occasion that hooks and phil were married on quote on some other level end quote which is like Mm -hmm. the the whole like work wife thing you know what i mean everybody's got like a work wife or a work husband yeah um so as Bryn became more unhinged after the fact like she's she's said this about jane uh, jane Jane. she's said this about jan hooks she's said this about her husband she wrote letters threatening hooks and warning her not to get close to her husband phil 
but it appears that they were never sent because they were discovered in her belongings. Wow. Like just, but the same thing that she did with Lisa Strange, just threatening her, writing letters yeah. threatening her. Um, Stephen Root, who was Hartman's co-star on the show News Radio, would say that few people knew, quote, the real Phil Hartman, end quote, as he was, quote, one of those people who never seemed to come out of character, end quote. But he nevertheless gave the impression of a family man who, above all, shit was terrible with his wife, but he deeply cared for his children and would do anything yeah. for them. So in 1995, speaking of news radio, Phil Hartman was cast in it. <laughs> and it, yes. And so it was a critically acclaimed show on NBC um, in which he played a smug but endearing radio show host called Bill McNeil, named Bill McNeil. And Phil also had like an interesting, not like an interesting, he had a very interesting career in film and TV. He mostly played supporting characters. And some of the movies that he was in include Jingle All the Way, Coneheads, Small Soldiers, mm-hmm. which would end up being his last live performance before he died. Um, and he was also known for his voice work on commercials and cartoons, including... Ready yourself for some nostalgia. Ready. Darkwing Duck. DuckTales. The Smurfs. Tailspin. The Brave Little Toaster. Ren and Stimpy. The Animaniacs. The Jetsons. Captain Planet. And various iterations of the Scooby-Doo franchise. Movies, TV shows, spinoffs. Like, seriously, banger after banger after banger. Like, everything this man touched. Gold. So Wait, real quick. Who was yeah. he on Brave Little Toaster? Um, I don't remember. Let me look really quick. But while, while I'm saying this, like, basically, if we were just talking about Kenan Thompson and, like, oh, he was the air conditioner oh okay. yeah remember like the creepy the like air conditioner was the scariest part yes 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 and you know who else was in that movie his best friend john lovitz yeah yep he was the radio in one of the few characters that did not make your skin crawl um but yeah basically he was just a huge part of everybody's childhood whether they knew it or not like everybody outwardly knows keenan thompson yeah. for being part of their childhood Phil Hartman was very much a part of all of our childhoods, but just we didn't know. Which yeah. I think is wild. But yeah, so he probably is most well known for voicing the characters Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz, as well as 17 other minor characters on the show The Simpsons. And he also mm. provided the voice of the cat Gigi in the English language dub of the iconic and my favorite Miyazaki film. Kiki's delivery service. Gigi looks like Mo. Gigi Gigi is Mo's animated double. Except he does not have a taste for world domination. That's more of Mo's Salem Saberhagen side. A little bit. Oh, he's so cute. A little bit. He's sitting next to Haley right now. Um, (sighs) But yeah. So then in the late 1990s, the Hartman's relationship... I wrote began, I guess I should say continued, just at a faster rate, deteriorate. And Bryn spiraled deeper into substance abuse. She would often pick fights with Phil before bed to the point that Phil developed a routine where he would pretend to be asleep as a way to avoid his wife's abuse and manic behavior. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. And also, like, so clearly he's being abused. If yeah. you're, If you're coming up with defense mechanisms like that like clearly you're there's something wrong yeah so a friend of theirs later said that Bryn quote had trouble controlling her anger she got attention by losing her temper end quote meh yeah so obviously the smart thing to do was for both Hartmans to keep guns in their home great yeah you know casual safe yeah yeah definitely so, on the night of May 27, 1998, Bryn went to dinner at the Italian restaurant Buca di Beppo in Encino, California, with her friend Christine Zander, who was a former writer on SNL and the producer and writer of the series Third Rock from the Sun. 
So Xander mm-hmm. later said that Bryn was in, quote, a good frame of mind, end quote, when they both left the restaurant and went their separate ways. However, at some point that seemed to change because when she got home, um, obviously nobody knows exactly what happened, but it's believed that Bryn got into an argument with Phil, that she provoked an argument. Um, mm-hmm. And Phil was already angry with her because of a previous incident where she had hit their daughter while she was drunk. Oh, yes. And again, remember, I said, like, he would do anything for his kids. He was, if nothing else, a devout father. So he threatened to leave her if she began to use drugs again or if she caused further harm to their kids. He would leave and take the kids with him. Yeah. So finally, like, a line was drawn. Hartman then went to bed. Phil Hartman then went to bed. God damn it. So it was then sometime before before 3 a.m. that Bryn, who was drunk, snorted a line of coke, went into their bedroom, and shot Phil between the eyes, in the throat, and in the chest with their .38 caliber handgun. Oof. Yep. So... I think one of those would have done. Yeah, at least one. At least one. Um... But yeah, he was only 49 years old when he passed away. Ooh. Yeah. And then in a state of shock, Bryn quickly left the house and drove to visit her friend, Ron Douglas, where she confessed to him that she had murdered her husband. Possibly due to the fact that Bryn was prone to drama and manic outbursts, Douglas didn't initially believe her. He just thought it was another thing that she was saying while she was fucked up. Yeah. So she just apparently kept going, no, no, no. I killed him. I did it. I I swear to God, I killed him. So eventually, Douglas and Bryn went back to her house in separate cars. He drove his, she drove hers. Um, No, Caitlin, they drove the opposite. Okay, never mind. Um, She again confessed to her husband's murder. And showed him phil's body in bed oof yeah so that's at about 6 20 a.m at which point douglas called 911 and bryn barricaded herself in the bedroom with phil's body when the police arrived they escorted douglas and the hartman's two children sean and bergen who were about 10 and 6 at the time and were asleep during all of this escorted them out of the house Bryn then shot and killed herself with the same gun she used to kill her husband. Jesus. Yeah. So the children, after the fact, just to provide a little bit of closure, they were raised by their maternal aunt and uncle in Wisconsin after their parents died. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles police stated Hartman's death was the Hartman's death was caused by a domestic quote domestic discord end quote between the couple. And it was later reported by the coroner that Bryn had alcohol, cocaine, and Zoloft in her system. Not a great combo. Yeah. So as news spread of the shocking murder-suicide, the sadness and just disbelief at the loss of Phil Hartman was felt around the world. The day he died, rehearsals for The Simpsons and The Groundlings' performances were canceled. I don't think he needs an introduction, but comedian and SNL alum, Steve Martin, um, he knew Phil Hartman, and he said that, like, in response to Phil's death, he said that he was, quote, a deeply funny and very happy person, end quote. Matt Groening, the Groening, the guy that created The Simpsons, called him, quote, a master, end quote. And director Joe Dante, who had just worked with Phil on Small Soldiers, said quote he was one of those guys who was a dream to work with i don't know anybody who didn't like him end quote nbc executive don Mm. olmeyer then issued a statement saying that hartman quote was blessed with a tremendous gift for creating characters that made people laugh everyone who had the pleasure of working with phil knows that he was a man of tremendous warmth a true professional and a loyal friend end quote and in Mm. kind of an obit article in Entertainment Weekly, journalist Dan Snyerson wrote that Phil was, quote, the last person you'd expect to read about in lurid headlines in your morning paper, a decidedly regular guy beloved by everyone he worked with, end quote. 
Now, mm. meanwhile, actor Steve Gutenberg from the Police Academy series and the Three Men and a Baby movies, and I believe Zeus and Roxanne. I don't know. I love Steve Gutenberg though. Um, he was in a he, lot of '80s stuff. He was in a lot of '80s stuff. Cocoon, fucking Cocoon. Mm-hmm. Um, goddamn, Michael didn't know who he was for the longest time. I'm pretty sure he still doesn't know. But like, I am more than happy to you know educate him. You would know him if you saw him, but Michael has face blindness, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so he also, at the time, like expressed his shock and sadness with the news. But he said that the Hartmans had been, quote, a very happy couple, and they always had the appearance of being well-balanced, end quote. Which to me says they eh. put on a good show. Yeah. Because... Also, a neighbor of the Hartmans told a CNN reporter after the murder that the couple had marital problems. How would a neighbor know this if they weren't, you know, yelling? Yeah. So Phil and Bryn's bodies were cremated and spread just off the coast of California on Catalina Island on June 4th, 1998. Phil specifically stated in his will that he wanted his ashes spread on Catalina Island because it was his favorite place to go to get away whether it was on vacation or for like a day trip or whatever mm-hmm. um throughout his life he was actually an avid boater surfer and just general lover of the ocean so there was no better place for him to be laid to rest than the place he loved most yeah a wrongful death lawsuit was filed in 1999 by Bryn's brother gregory omdahl against pfizer the drug's manufacturer the zoloft's manufacturer and against her child okay. psychiatrist, her children's, like, her child, comma, or, Jesus Christ, her child apostrophe S, not her, you know what I mean, her child psychiatrist, I can't fucking speak, oh my god. What? All right. <laughs> I, I started to say psychographer. If anybody could tell me what the fuck that is, please let me know, because I sure as fuck don't. Um, so you mean the so, psychologist of her children? I believe so. It says her child... I don't know what I, I, I truly I wrote this two weeks ago. I'll be I'll be frank with you. I don't remember. Um, it said her against her child apostrophe s psychiatrist her child's psychiatrist, but she has two children. Maybe one of them okay. was, or maybe she was a child psychiatrist. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But moving on, his name was Arthur Sorosky, and he had provided samples of Zoloft to Brin. So I'm assuming it was one of her kids' psychiatrists. Hartman's friend mm-hmm. and former SNL colleague John Lovitz um, accused Hartman's then news radio co-star Andy Dick, who we all know because he lives up to his name, of yep. reintroducing Bryn to cocaine, which caused her to relapse and suffer a nervous breakdown. And Dick claims to not have known that she was an addict, knew nothing about her condition, nothing that he didn't do a thing. However, Lovitz later said that he did not blame him anymore for Hartman's murder, but in 2006, he claimed that Dick had approached him at a restaurant and said, quote, we all know Andy Dick is crazy. I'm going to preface with that. Yeah. Quote, I put the Phil Hartman hex on you. You're the next one to die, end quote. Uh, uh really what? nice thing to say to somebody yeah, whose best friend up. was fucking murdered yeah um that's that's a little andy dick right there that's just what that is he's a, he's a fucked up individual don't know how he's still standing but that's another thing entirely yeah. um so the following year at the laugh factory or, or i should back up a little bit he said this love has had him kicked out of the restaurant and yeah, that should no tell shit. you right that was there a death threat but I'm saying that should tell you right there how not popular Andy Dick is if he's also a celebrity, but yeah. clearly like not big enough that he can't get kicked out of a restaurant by John Lovitz. Yeah. So the next year at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club in Los Angeles, Lovitz and Dick had another argument in which Dick asserted that he was not at fault in relation to Hartman's death. So I think John Lovitz goes back and forth as to whether or not Andy Dick was responsible indirectly. However... Andy Dick's doing a really bad job of defending himself. So, yeah. I mean, Leave. you can go Take on that track and say that, like, she did kill him because she relapsed on drugs. 
Mm-hmm. And this was the person that provided her the drugs, so yep. this is the catalyst. But, like, that's also taking a couple steps to get to that point. Yeah, but so, it, is, it is also the grieving process for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and her relapsing is a contributing factor to what ultimately happened. But yes. it's also, like... I've definitely offered a beer to somebody who was sober at like a barbecue, like, and then the, yeah, but no, to somebody who she's waving her hand. I'm waving my hand because Haley's offered me alcohol all the time and I don't drink. No, but there's no, there are people who like are sober because of addiction problems in the past. So they, yeah, they've had to become sober and I'm definitely accidentally. Yeah. But like, I've definitely accidentally been like, Oh, you want something? And then be like, Oh shit, wait, this person is is sober but then they'll say like ah no like i don't drink blah 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 like yeah like she could have easily have been offered drugs and said no but obviously right. like an addict brain you can't predict what's what's gonna happen but like and especially with change especially with like because remember they had just moved back to los angeles at blah, 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 los angeles at this point she had moved back but and she was has- trying to get a job and she was not able to get one like, there are underlying factors yeah, that would make it such, easier to relapse. She has such a long history of other problems that I can't say that, like, it was because she was uh, back on drugs that, like, this happened. It's like, yeah. she has a long history of being kind of a shit person. Yeah, she wasn't exactly stable before the drugs. No, but. she wasn't even stable before the marriage. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. But yeah, so back to the, I don't know if we're in the pop culture side of things yet, or if we're still in the murder side of things. It all kind of, this one kind of just runs together. This one kind of just runs together. Yeah. So after Phil's death, news radio felt that it was necessary to write into the storyline that his character, Bill McNeil, had also died, but of a heart attack, not a murder at the hands of his wife. And when that episode was being filmed, the cast and crew apparently had to stop and restart a bunch of times because they would just break down. He was just Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's like uh, after the guy from Glee died. I was about to to say when Corey Monteith died. Um, Allegedly, if you go back and R.I.P. Naya Rivera, but if you go back and watch her um, performance of If I Die Young by the band Perry which was yeah. in the the episode the quarterback in which they remember Corey monteith um so she was supposed to sing the song fully through and that breakdown that her character has and everybody looking more and more concerned is real yeah and that was actually like a take that they just opted to keep in yeah i believe it r.i.p naya rivera that that whole thing is another thing that just fucking upsets me um but yeah so hartman was posthumously phil hartman god damn it was posthumously nominated for an emmy award that year for outstanding support act supporting actor in a comedy series his friend john lovitz then joined the cast and attempted to fill the void that phil left on news radio as the Mm -hmm. character max lewis but the show's ratings dropped and it was canceled in 1989 after five seasons four of which included hartman Phil Hartman. Yeah. Fuck me. So out of respect, Phil Hartman's characters on The Simpsons were written out of the series permanently and have not been seen or mentioned since. Furthermore, yeah, yeah. um, Like all 17, 18, 19 of them. Think about that. Because he played two like bigger characters, but he also did like smaller voices. So furthermore, the lead character on Matt Groening's other show futurama is named philip j fry for phil hartman yeah so he was also originally chosen to do the voice of zap brannigan on that series but the role ended up going to billy west after his death yeah. um phil would also often visit his home country of canada throughout his career and the city of brantford where he was born even erected a plaque on the walk of fame in the town in honor of phil's career and memory The Humber College Comedy Writing and Performance Program in Toronto, Ontario also has an award in Phil's memory that is given out to their postgrad comedy students. 
And in 2007, Entertainment Weekly ranked Phil Hartman as the 87th greatest television icon of all time. And Maxim named him the top Saturday Night Live performer of all time. Same year. Mm -hmm. And in 2012, he posthumously received a star on Canada's Walk of Fame in Toronto, Ontario. And on August 26, 2014, he was posthumously awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow. Yeah. And that is Phil Hartman. Damn. Yeah. And we would still have him today if Bryn wasn't a crazy bitch. He also didn't have uh, great taste in in partners. I know that... Uh, Except for Lisa. Not much is known about his. Yeah, but not much is known about his first wife and his second right. wife. It's like they just didn't mesh. But like, I think also he should wanting. Have yeah, but uh, growing up with all of those siblings and wanting um, all of that attention, uh, you could get that from being a performer. But like, you want that from somebody that you love and care oh, about. Yeah. And. I guess it was just like a, a matter of trying to find that person. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just a case of accepting love wherever you can receive it. And then once you're in a cycle of abuse like that, it's like, how am I going to receive any kind of love or care or affection beyond this person? Because they have you so convinced otherwise. Yeah. And then once you have kids, it's like, how do you get out safely and also have your kids? Yeah. 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 Especially when... In the U.S., at least, courts traditionally will award primary custody to the mother. Like, yeah, you've got to be a abuse? bad mother. No, no, no. Even beyond, like, it's very hard. It is very hard. Not yeah. like, like, the mom has to be in a bad way. Like, she was functioning. Yeah. She, she, was, she was an addict, but she was a functioning addict. And easily mm-hmm. could have hidden that. Easily could have hidden it. Yeah. Because, again, remember, most people, like, the neighbors knew. But, like I said before, they put on a great facade. Yeah. But. Well. Yeah. Bummer. (sighs) What a wild ride. Yeah, I know, right? Um, We will have more information on the website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. And you can find our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter links up on there. Um, anywhere uh, you can submit fan art. But if you really want to do that, you can email us at crimeculturepod at gmail.com. That's um, it. Seriously. Love the fan art. Send more. It's amazing. Um, Unless you make us and- ugly, we'll post it. How could they make how could they make us ugly? Alright, how can they make you ugly? <laughs> Twinkle. Oh, I love you. Um, mm, um I would lift the small demon so that he could address his people, but he is in Doing such slumber right now. Yeah. Oh, he's, oh he's so spread. He's he's just he's so a precious angel of a boy. Yes. Of a man. I'll have of to a man record cat. some sounds. If I, if I could reach Marcia. So, fun fact, I would love to be able to reach my cat who is on the floor right beside me. But I tried to pick up Felix about a week ago. And for, well, I was going to say for those who don't know me, many people don't know me. I threw my back out my freshman year of college. Like, I popped out a disc straight up. And my back Hashtag has never been lady. the same. Hashtag old lady. Um, it was right when... Taylor Swift's song Trouble came out and the amount of times I heard that I ended up lying on the cold hard ground because my back gave out. Um, mm-hmm. Goat scream. But yeah, long story short, Felix, I tried to pick him up and threw my back out. So I have limited mobility. <laughs> Fat cat. Fat cat. 14 pounds of just... <sighs> Stupid. <laughs> just a beach i don't know what's in there i know i mean truly like of the 14 pounds i don't think any of that consists of his brain i truly don't like the de- the no. vet says he has one i'm not so sure i don't know much about about feline anatomy but i feel like he might be just made of spare parts at this point oh poor thing it's okay we love him anyway he's handsome 
Yes. You can't have it all. God doesn't anyway, give with both hands. We are done for this week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Did we harmonize by accident? For like a quarter oh, of a second. Oh, but we did it. That's what matters. Oh, I love us. Okay. Goodbye. Goddamn.